What's up, Canes fans? Welcome into another edition of the Canes Insight Podcast. I am joined today by a friend of the show. He's been on, on here a few times, and it's baseball season. It's the hot time, right? Canes coming off a very impressive run at the ACC tournament, and now we'll be hosting for regional play this upcoming weekend. Javier Salas, former Miami Hurricanes pitcher, has done uh, a lot of work um, calling games throughout the years, and he's, uh, you know, been following this run very closely. Javi, excited to have you on tonight. Welcome. Pete, man, great to see you. <clears throat> great to be on the pod. Um, you know, it's all, when, whenever I'm on, it's always a good good time of year. That means baseball's playing uh, deep deep into the postseason, and and what a what a what a magical run they had this past weekend, as you mentioned. And it's just a good time to be a South Florida sports fan, man. The next the next four or five days are going to be uh, absolute heaven in terms of of the, the playoff caliber sports you're going to have down here, and and the Canes are right in the, mi- the middle of that. Could be a long uh, next two to three weeks down here. Obviously, if things fall the right way, Super Regionals could be here as well. But that's down the line, right? We're yep. going to get into a bunch of things here. Of course, this segment uh, seems like always when it comes to the baseball stuff is brought to you by Sala Astorita and Cox LLC, a boutique law firm which offers its clients in-depth experience in the areas of securities enforcement, white-collar crime, securities regulation, securities arbitration, and securities litigation. Their attorneys provide clients with specific skills and unique experience, and they're committed to providing their clients with quality service and individualized attention. Uh, A lot of these questions tonight, Hav, coming from our good friend Jim Sala from Sala Astorita and Cox uh, so let's just jump right into it, Hob. Before we get into the ACC tournament and what's ahead, what's your assessment of the regular season um, and how everything played out? There's always up and downs in the college season, right? But seemed like they stabilized near the end um, and set themselves up for for some success here in the postseason. Yeah, it's crazy, Pete. I think you know we talked at the beginning of the year that I outlined some some keys to what I thought would be you know, the, the lead to the ultimate cane success. And and I think, you know, 56, 60 games later, it's, it's a totally different looking ball club than what they look like in, in mid February. Right. I think uh, to your point, they're playing their best baseball right now, obviously to be the number nine national seed is an incredible accomplishment. Um, it goes to show the depth of this lineup, um, a lineup that set records um, over a hundred home runs hit hadn't been done in over 10 years at the university of Miami, which is an incredible accomplishment. Um, the pitching obviously has been has been the biggest you know you know form of, of up and down for this ball club. Um, there's been some weekends where we've known the Friday starter and Saturday and Sunday have been a total question mark, um, and we kind of find ourselves here again. Uh, you know, you're, you're hosting a regional, you have everything going in, in your way. You know, you played a really really good week in Durham at the ACC tournament, um, but ultimately it's, it's going to come down to that pitching, Pete. Um, I'm a pitcher. I understand that. You know, these regionals, if you need to come out of the loser's bracket, you need to have, you know, six, seven, eight arms deep um, just to make sure that you can play into Sunday and have a chance to win the regional. Um, so I think the formula for the Canes is, is pretty simple. Um, you know, you got to pitch well and you got to rely on that on the long ball and then and some of those mashers in the middle of that lineup. Um, in terms of the assessment of the overall season, Pete, I think, you know, I, I, I tip my hat to, to Gino, J.D., uh, Norberto and everybody else on that coaching staff to be able to piece together the way they did, um, win 40 games, be the number nine national seed, 
have a puncher's chance in the ACC tournament when, you know, they arguably had one of the tougher routes to get there. They had to beat the number one team in the nation, Wake Forest. They're playing in horrific conditions, pouring rain. Um, so I think it just goes to, to show this team what it's made of. There's there's some guts there. This team played really well. Um, and, and, you know, you're playing at home at Mark Light Field in, in June. That's, that's, that's a really big accomplishment, and that's a huge feather in your cap. Did, did that run surprise you at all? I mean, obviously, if they would have been able to hold on against Clemson, it would have been um, amazing. But, you know, you still need to show some pitching depth, right, in, in yeah. the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in terms of – did it surprise me? No. Um, you know, I think, I think we knew they had the bats to get there. Uh, you know, Yo-Yo Morales goes on an unconscious kind of like blacking out run. Um, the rest of the lineup follows suit. And they pitched well enough to get there. Um, Andrew Walters was incredible. He pitched the first three games of the tournament, um, sort of, you know, propelled the team to that to that championship game. And, you know, Pete, you're nine outs away from beating, you know, the number four national seed in Clemson. It's a huge matchup. Um, Miami played well enough to win the game. Unfortunately, one, you know, really bad inning sort of did them in. Um, so in terms of the, the tournament, I thought, you know, over a four-game span, they played really, really great baseball. They had one inning that just got away from them, and unfortunately, right. that was pro- that was probably the you know the deciding factor between the eight and nine seed. Obviously, you know if they are the ACC champs, I think they certainly have a case to be a top eight national seed. But you know, here we are, Pete. It's it's a regional at home, man. So you know, anything could happen at this point. So you've already, you know, kind of mentioned Walters and, and Morales, right? And and they've been the stars on, on each side, you know, on the pitching side and on, on the hitting side. Other than those two, if you can single out a pitcher and, and someone from the from the lineup that has really to you been, you know, a big part of this run and, and moving forward gonna be a big part of their success, uh, give me a name for, for each. So, so from the, the pitching standpoint, I mentioned him in the, the preseason pod, but I think it's Rosario, Alejandro Rosario. He had a good outing against Wake Forest in bad conditions. The fastball looked good, looked like he was commanding the zone with all his other pitches. He's got the best stuff on the, on the staff. I mean, and it's, it's pretty evident that, you know, his stuff can play at the next level. We're talking about a mid-90s fastball, good slider, good changeup. Um, he's an athletic kid. You know, there's just been too much up and down with his season. Um, you know, there's there hasn't been a whole lot of consistency, but when it does click for him, it's it's special stuff. So if Miami's going to win this regional and, and make a run into a super, you're going to need to rely on Alejandro Rosario for, you know, probably 12, 15, 18 outs if you can get it at some point this weekend. Um, so that's, that's who I'm looking at from a pitching perspective. On the hitting side, you know, obviously this lineup revolves around Yo-Yo. But I, I look at some of the, you know, the top of the order guys, right? Like Kafis, uh, Villegas, those guys live on base. And when you have a guy like Yo-Yo in the middle of the lineup, he's going to be the focal point of every, every scouting report this weekend. If he comes up with guys on base, you can't pitch around him. If there's nobody on base, Yo-Yo's not going to see a fastball this weekend. So I really look at the Kafis, the Villegas, um, and some of the guys at the bottom of the order, maybe a guy like Jacoby Long to be on base so that Yo-Yo can come up in, in some situations with runners in scoring position. Um, situations where pitchers have to throw them some fastballs. Um, you know, a, a lineup is works in a funny way. Like, you know, you obviously have focal points, but some of the other guys got to row the boat too and make sure that they get on base and allow those those big boppers to come on with with guys on base. So, looking at this Coral Gables regional, you have Texas, you have Louisiana, you have Maine coming in. Um, I don't know how much you you 
kind of looked at these three teams, right? But obviously Texas pops off paper because they're a traditional team and it seemed like they were playing pretty well before they went uh, 0-2 at, at the conference tournament. So is this one of those situations where it's great that, that the Canes are hosting, but you have a, a tough regional to get through um, or do you think it's this is a favorable matchup for them? Yeah, I mean, look, you you look at at a regional, and it's they're always tough, Pete. I mean, as 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 however you want to dice them, it's you know one through four. These are all teams that were worthy to be in the NCAA tournament. They could have ended up anywhere, and they ended up here in Miami. So you know, all that all that's out the window now. You got to figure out how to beat the team that's in front of you. Um, and the nine seed, the nine national seed, nonetheless. Yeah. So I mean, they were if they hold their on against Clemson, you you probably have to assume that they're you know an eight a top a seed yeah i i would have thought i mean i i had them penciled in as you know that that between nine and 12 um after the clemson game and you know i was probably leaning more to the 11 12 seed and the fact that they got nine just goes to show that they were really close to that top eight man i mean uh you know a couple bounces here and there but you know that, that that's all in the past now I, I think you know to your point about texas that's a huge name right you see texas that, that jumps off the paper when when you look at this regional, obviously Miami and Texas, two of the bigger traditional baseball powers um, in NCAA history, um, they're probably going to have a ton of fans. Um, Louisiana Lafayette, that's a you know a, a program with with a lot of a lot at stake. They've you know they lost in the championship game of the Sun Belt Conference. They're always in you know the conversation around this time of year. Uh, they're a senior laden team. Um, they're not going to be intimidated. It's just as humid as it is in Louisiana as it's going to be right. in Miami. So those guys are going to be prepared. And then you look at Maine, right? Maine has some South Florida connections, man. A bunch of Columbus, Christopher Columbus, my uh, fellow alumni have gone through that program. Um, they recruit a ton down here. Uh, you look at the top of their order. They got a couple guys with, you know, 16 plus home runs. They got two guys with over 30 stolen bases. So you, you, you end up looking at the draw and you think to yourself, well, you know, we earned the nine overall seed and you got to you got to look at the opponents. And the most important game of the year, like Coach Morris always used to say, is going to be that Friday night against Maine. You got to get into the winner's bracket. And then set the tone. Yeah. yeah, you got to set the tone. You got to figure out, you know, how you can get into that winner's bracket. And look, man, there, there's no beating around the bush here. Miami does not have the arms to come out of that loser's bracket at the at this moment. Like, you got to be – on, in that winner side, you got to win that first game. You have to set yourself up for the rest of the tournament, um, and that's right. Friday at seven PM. Now, let's, let's talk about a few other guys in specific. Sinta, uh, the freshman pitcher. Uh, what have you thought about him um, when when he's had the opportunity? Yeah, man, Chris Sinta's a, a for me. It, it brings back a lot of memories, like a Chris Diaz, Brian Radzuski, one of those traditional Miami lefties that. He just gets outs, man, and, and he's fearless out there. He's got he's got a good fastball, good breaking ball, and he's really polished and mature for a freshman, right? You think about about where this guy is in his career and development-wise. I mean, he's pitching in really high leverage situations. He's kind of a, a you know a swingman for this Miami rotation. I I thought you know he could probably use as a starter if if he wanted to. JD sees him as a as a sort of that long middle relief role where. He's going to get you seven to 12 outs and, you know, he's been really consistent. So I, I'm a huge fan of his. I love the way he pitches. I love his bulldog approach. Uh, we're definitely going to need him. I mean, left-handers this time of year, it's, it's, uh, they, they got to get those, those lefties out. And, and, you know, since is no different here, um, you know, Pete, I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the rotation looks like. 
um, you know, who, who they name the starter. I assume internally it's already been named and that person knows who it is, but I'm very curious to see what the plan is going forward. I think, you know, something we saw at the ACC tournament, which caught my eye was the way that they approached each game in sort of this do or die tournament format, right? So we saw guys pitch three straight days. We saw Lecarica, we saw Torres, we saw obviously Andrew Walters pitch three straight days. That's the That's- sort of effort you're going to need um, in a regional. Um, you know, we're probably going to, rely on those guys to, again, pitch three straight days, um, you know, and hopefully it's three straight days and they're done, right? So if you're in the right. bracket, it's a, it's a three and done and you're out of there. But, uh, you know, you, you, I, I personally, I like the way they approach the games. They've been piecing together games for the last, you know, six or seven series. So why not continue to do that? They played each game to win that day. And that's the way you got to approach the tournament, man, because, the next game is not guaranteed. It really doesn't matter. You have to win the game in front of you. You figure out tomorrow, tomorrow, your future problems, you know, you figure those out when they come. So, right. um, you know, since is definitely going to be in that mix, I, I definitely anticipate him pitching multiple days over the weekend. And then a couple other guys, Blake Sear and then Jason Torres, their futures at Miami, obviously Jason Torres most likely to take over for yo-yo next season. Um, but what do you see from those guys moving forward? Yeah, man, Sears been incredible. I for for one as a pitcher, I keep thinking to myself, you know, how do you get this guy out, right? Because as a freshman, especially at the at the collegiate level, there's there's guys have holes in their swings, right? He's never played this level of competition, but he just keeps evolving, he keeps morphing, man, and and there's so much to his game that just catches your eye and jumps off the page. You know, at the ACC tournament, First couple games, he wasn't hitting all that well. He drew five walks, I think, or something like that. Was you know had hadn't hadn't made a huge impact, and he comes up in that weight game in a huge situation, intentionally walked uh, Yo-Yo. Actually, that was that was against Clemson, but in the weight game, he comes up with runners on second and third, and smashes the ball right up the middle and, and scores two runs. Like this kid's fearless. His approach at the plate is awesome. I don't see a lot of uh, you know a lot of fear when he comes to the plate. He looks like a guy who has an approach, and as a as a pitcher it really, you know, kind of takes you aback, especially, you know, thinking like this, this kid's really a freshman. Like, are you kidding me? Like what, what, what's, what's his ceiling like if this is what he is as a freshman. So, you know, I'm really excited to see him in this tournament. I'm excited to see Torres too. I know Torres has had, you know, some sort of spotty at bats throughout the season. Obviously Pete, man, you're playing behind Yo-Yo Morales, who's going to be a, you know, first round pick in in a couple months here. Uh, You know, opportunities are, are few and far between, but when he has had the opportunity, he's, he's really shown something, right? He's got some serious power. Um, he has an idea what he's doing at the plate. He's one of the most prolific hitters in, in Dade County history. So, you know, if he gets his opportunity in, in front of a, a packed house, I, I'd put my money on Jason Torres for sure. How about Yo-Yo giving Harold Martinez the shout out the other day? That was, that was cool, that was cool to see. That was cool. I know, you know, obviously we know, we know Harold well and, and Harold's had a lot to do in the, in Yo-Yo's development. And, um, you know, I, I, I got the opportunity to play with Harold and, and Harold was like sort of a larger than life, you know, figure at, at Miami, right? I think University of Miami always has those guys that are sort of, you know, the big time guy. Everybody knows who they are when they, they walk up to the plate, everybody's attention turns, all the little kids know Yo-Yo. Um, so it, it was cool to see, man. And, and Yo-Yo was absolutely out of this world in that tournament i mean there was no pitch that he didn't hit and he didn't hit hard um what what really caught my eye about yo-yo is he's such a good hitter pete like there's balls that he hits 
where it, it's almost like he's setting pitchers up, right? He knows that he's not going to see a whole lot of fastballs throughout the game. So when he does get that one pitch, man, whether it's a single at 110 miles an hour off the bat or it's a home run to the opposite field, like he's scary. And he takes advantage. Yeah. He takes advantage, man. And, and he knows what he's doing. He's got an approach at the plate. I think it's cool too, Pete. Like, you know, we, we talk about intangibles and it's, it's hard to put a number on that kind of stuff, but you could tell Yo-Yo has the respect of everybody in that locker room, right? You know, that I, I point to one play against Wake Forest. He hits that ball in the gap. And it was a home run on TV. The umpires didn't call it a home run, but Yo-Yo's, you know, busting his ass around the bases and scores an inside the park home run. And, you know, he's flying, he's going hundred miles an hour. Um, there's no holes in his game. He's got speed. He's athletic. He flashed the leather. He made some unreal defensive plays. So man. And I'm, he's I'm, listen. I mean, I think from all accounts, he's matured a lot in his time in Miami. This is a guy who uh, is a very good example of essentially someone who had all the talent to be a top three round pick, right? Coming out of yeah. high school and, and, and could have done that uh, without a doubt, but comes to Miami and, you know, ends up really developing here where he's put himself in a great situation uh, moving forward for the rest of his, for the rest of his baseball career. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, I, I tweeted the other day. It's like he's the equivalent. You'll see him on Sundays kind of guy that you, you say the college football players like you're going to see Yo-Yo have a really long and prosperous major league career. No doubt about it. So last thing here that we uh, that I'll that I'll leave you with and we'll wrap up this this podcast with. I know this is it's always a, it's a tough question because no one has a crystal ball. But just knowing what you know about how. Uh, you know, this baseball business works, right? Who do you see as the guys who leave or go, you know, or stay, I should say, you know, for the draft next next year? We have to yeah. assume Yo-Yo's gone, so. Yeah, I think I think right off the bat, you obviously, you anticipate Yo-Yo being gone. Um, and, and, and the lineup in terms of, of what you lose is, is, is where I start looking at it, right? You got, you got a KFIS at first base, having another unbelievable season. You have to imagine he's going to get some looks in the, in the draft. Um, Le- Zach Levinson, the right fielder, another one. It, it, it's tough to gauge where he'll go. I mean, I, I like, like you mentioned, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think he's put enough on paper to, to show major league teams that he's worthy of, of a draft pick. Uh, Carlos Perez had a really nice year behind the plate. He's draft eligible. And then from the arms, you have obviously Andrew Walters, who you know turned down his draft position last year to, to come back. You have to imagine he's going to get drafted again. Uh, Alejandro Rosario, although the numbers aren't there, the stuff certainly is, and I'm sure some major league ball clubs are looking at it and saying we'd like a chance to you know paint with that canvas right there. Um, that's the that's the DJ Ivy right there. Uh, exactly, man. The Canes all fans out there. It, the the numbers are deceiving with that kid, Pete, because you you look at stuff wise and and i'm sure there's there's pitching coordinators and 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 you know scouting directors that are saying i can work with that i can figure out you know how to make a click with this guy and 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 i'm sure he'll he'll get some opportunities so i mean right off the bat you have the left side of your infield yo-yo and don patelli possibly losing a first baseman um and cj kafis right fielder but man you got to be excited about some of the youth movement too um some guys have really flashed some some real you know potential and at, at the University of Miami, Pete, it hasn't been it hasn't been like we've you know had many very many rebuilding years. Um, I really can't point to many years that say you know we lost so much talent and there's not much coming in. 
you know, Gino, JD, uh, Norberto, they'll figure out a way to to re to reload this roster. And you know, that transfer portal's been good to us, man. They they've figured out a way to to get guys across all sports. So I'm not I'm not worried about that. I think you know from from a draft standpoint, enjoy the guys this weekend. You got another chance to catch them in in at Mark Light Mark Light Stadium. So go out there and support. The pressure's on, man. I mean, we talk about the success uh, locally of the sports teams. I mean, we had the basketball team in the Final Four. So obviously, we know the football team has has a, some way a ways to go. Um, great start, number nine national seed. Obviously matched up with the Stanford regional, the Palo Alto regional. So if Miami wins and Stanford wins, then you know Canes will tra- travel uh, cross country there. So hopefully we have a segment next week uh, where we are previewing that. That would be the best case scenario. Well, the best case scenario, I guess, would be previewing the Coral Gables Super Regional. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which would which would obviously be you know an, an, another great weekend down here in South Florida and Coral Gables, um, but Javi appreciate the time as always and let's see what happens this weekend. Like you said, let's see uh, some some good support out there at Mark Light and uh, go Canes. Let's do it, Pete. I appreciate you having me, man. And and one last message, Canes fans, this is a great opportunity to go out there and support the team, and it's going to be a really fun weekend. I think regionals at Mark Light are special. Um, bring your kids, bring the family, uh, bring your loved ones. Uh, make sure you get a milkshake. I saw they have some really interesting milkshakes for some of the uh, visiting teams this 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 time of year. So uh, it should be a fun weekend. It's a great time in South Florida. As always, I appreciate you, Pete. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here. And like you said, man, hopefully next week we do it all over again. Let's get Salas back on ACC Network. Well, let's year, do it. Man. Let's get Salas on ACC Network. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Talk to you. All later. right, Pete. Okay. 